Does taking insulin scare you? Do you ever worry that you can't trust yourself to take the right amount of insulin or to take care of yourself if your blood sugar goes low? If you've ever felt this way, trust me, you are not alone. There are lots of folks with type of diabetes who share your fear. On this episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Rachel. A while back, Rachel had a severe low blood sugar, and she thinks it may have happened because she took too much insulin. And since that happened, she's been very cautious around taking insulin. Her anxiety level has been high, and she's having trouble managing her diabetes, as well as her mental health. She tells me she's having trouble trusting herself to make good decisions and to manage her diabetes in a way that'll keep her safe both mentally and physically. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a five-step plan for how to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes. We do this by helping you build the critical parts of your stress management plan with type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The whole of your boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset. The rudder is your behavior. And your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll find smooth sailing with type 1 diabetes. Each week, I coach someone just like you with type 1 diabetes on how to optimize their sailboat. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, we're focusing on the sails. That is your mindset. If you don't have the mindset that you can take care of yourself, that you can trust yourself, that you can handle the stress of diabetes, the stress of taking insulin, and have the ability to make good decisions, you're going to have a hard time both mentally and with your blood sugars with type 1 diabetes. On this episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Rachel and helping her come up with things that she can do to help her see that she can trust herself and in the process, change her mindset around taking insulin. If you've ever been worried about taking insulin or worried that you can't trust yourself, this episode is going to help you. Here's my conversation with Rachel. In today's coaching session, we're going to talk about something that I know a lot of the listeners talk uh, feel on a regular basis, and that is a distrust of their insulin and also a fear of lows. So to introduce my guest today, my guest is Rachel, and I'm going to let her take it away and tell us a little bit about herself and her life with type 1 diabetes. So yeah, I'm Rachel, and I've been living with diabetes um, since 2008. I'm a LADA, latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. So I was diagnosed at 42 and I really didn't start insulin until 2014. So I had like six years where I was kind of very borderline and managing with diet and exercise and things like that. And then in 2014, I started long acting. And then in 2018, I started short acting. So I kind of feel like I'm still a little bit of a newbie when it comes to working with insulin because um, 2018, that's like four years ago. So it's not not that long. And um, yeah, so I'm just really excited to learn more about how to deal with um, the challenges that I face with, with still feeling like I'm trying to figure out how all the medication works in my system. Yeah. And Rachel, I know that for you, it's both a learning curve of how to figure out how these medications work together and how to long acting and short acting and that juggling act that you experience. Plus, I know that you've also had some experiences with low blood sugar that haven't been very much fun. 
and that have really scared you a little bit or maybe even a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. those? Yeah. So, um, you know, I take two long acting shots. So I take one in the morning and one in the evening. And um, about two years ago, I took a shot and um, I don't know what happened, but within, you know, 15 minutes, I was plunging down, got down to like, um, I don't know what it is in the US, but it was like 2.5 and just didn't have that sense of how that could have happened. Um, when I spoke to my uh, diabetes educator, they said, maybe I injected into a muscle, maybe I injected into a blood vessel. So it happened the first time I wasn't that worried. The second time a month later, it happened again. And I got a lot more kind of sensitive about it and started, um, yeah, feeling quite unsafe taking that um, injection. And then it sort of took me a while to get over that. And then I had another one um, and this one, I definitely think I must have injected into a muscle that was like last year. Um, and then since then, I, I feel a lot of anxiety about taking that shot. I just feel like I don't trust it. Um, I'm, I have to have my partner help me take the shot. We have to find the very specific place. I have to like draw circles around where I've taken the shot, make sure it's hitting the fat, you know, like I just don't have that confidence anymore taking the long acting insulin because of those, um, because each time it got down really, really low, and I just didn't know how to. I mean, I brought it up, but mm -hmm. it was just the most horrible experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And just feeling like you don't know whether this is going to be the day that it happens again, because you've had several, you know, it's like one, one time it's scary. If it happens twice, you feel like there's a pattern there, and three times, then it becomes a juggling act and kind of a, a game of roulette of not knowing if and when it's going to happen again. So I, I can imagine, and I don't blame you for having the fear that you have around taking your long acting insulin. Um, and just to confirm, it, you know, when you've taken these shots, they, they have been long acting insulin. You haven't been taking short, you haven't taken short acting insulin on accident or anything like that. Have you been able to confirm <laughs> that? It's always a question that we ask. Cause I, I know I've taken my, my short acting insulin on, on accident when I thought I was taking my long acting insulin. That was not a fun experience. No, definitely. I keep my pens separate. I, one is like a one, one, the short acting I always take with a syringe. So mm -hmm. I always know it's completely different. Yeah. And the other one is like a, you know, a permanent pen, like it's not disposable. So and okay. in like separate parts of the house and like I'm really yeah. pedantic like that. So yeah, definitely long. Yo, I, yeah. I thought that was the case, but I just wanted to wanted to confirm and make sure. So how has this challenge, this 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 worry and this distrust of your long acting insulin impacted your life? Like can you give us some examples about how it's really gotten in the way? Because it sounds like it really has. Yeah, I think um it's like I, I sort of knew and figured out that it was about 15 minutes or so from when I took the shot that it happened. So what I do now in that 15 minutes is I just, I take the shot, I set a timer and then I just sit there and I don't do anything. So like, and I take my shot at 6 PM, which is really dinner time, or maybe sometimes we're out at that time. So I like, if, you know, I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher and I teach classes sometimes from five to six or five to six 30. Um, sometimes we're out at events, uh, sharing and things like that. And so then it's like, where am I going to take my shot? If I'm, if I'm talking to people in a crowd, how's that 15 minutes going to go? So I, uh, 
manipulate my whole life so that I'm never out around that time or I don't um, I don't feel safe going out around that time. Um, and also I take the shot in the morning. I take it twice a day. So it's the same thing in the morning. Like I can't really, I have to fit my whole life around this shot which used to just be a shot for two seconds and I'd just get on with my life. And now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but I have to take my long acting shot and I might go low. So, you know, how's that all going to work? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's restricted my ability to be social, to just do normal things, to make plans um, with other people, just to feel comfortable. Travel is really scary as well. You know, if I'm on a plane or something and it happens, mm-hmm. like how's that going to work, you know? It's really impacted it. And then when you do take your shots twice a day, tell me about the routine that you have when you do that. It sounds like you're, you said you're, you're making sure with your partner and making sure that you're, you have the, the area that you're going to inject marked off and, you know, doubly double checking, putting on a timer. sounds like quite a routine. It's quite a routine. I think it's a little bit obsessive anyway. Um, So yeah, I, I get out the shot. I, you know, prime it. I like, I have like a, I go into a certain part of my buttocks where I know mm-hmm. there's only fat and then I pinch up mm-hmm. and then I put it in and I have my partner like watching and saying, yeah, that looks like a good spot. There's fat there, you know, and then I inject and then I draw like a circle around it. So I know where it is so that when I go to the next, so, you know, I'm moving along from the back to the front on okay. one side of my buttocks and from the front to the back. And then I set the timer and then I just sit there and wait. And often if I see a little bit of blood or I hit a capillary or something like that, then I sit there and wait really anxious, like almost to the point of like my heart's just racing out of my chest. And I'm, yeah. It reminds me of when I used to have fear of flying mm-hmm. <laughs> and just having yeah. to sit on the plane, just like, you know. It really just becomes paralyzing. Yeah. What have you done that's been helpful for you? I know that you've listened to a lot of my podcasts and a lot of my content, which you've told me has been helpful, which I'm so glad to hear. But tell me about um, in this process, what has been most impactful for you in helping you to, well, you haven't moved on yet, but to be able to manage this in a more effective way. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just um, some of the things that I've, heard you say like you know this is a rare occurrence it's not going to happen all the time so like just reminding myself it's rare it's not going to happen every time you inject that's kind of helped me um mindfulness practices obviously are really amazing you know just these are just my thoughts around it these are just feelings around it they're not actually it's not actually real it's just i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm just getting involved in it you know that kind of thing um And I guess also like partly like I can handle it if it does happen because every time it's happened before I've handled it. Mm -hmm. So often just telling myself I will, I can handle it. You know, we know where the glucagon is. If if I can't, you know, my partner knows what to do, you know, like those kind of thoughts and telling myself those kind of things, like setting myself up with, exactly the right amount of sugar that I would need to bring myself up if it happened, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like a heck of a lot, you know, (laughs) like it's like a whole bottle of glucose dabs and two, two things, two things of juice, you know, it's like a lot, but I will, I will, I will do it. I'll be able to do it, you know? So 
those kind of things kind of like that I'm strong enough to handle it are things that I say to myself. But I would say that in that moment, like when it's, when I see that little bit of blood and I feel like not so confident, it always mm-hmm. out the window. <laughs> it just always yeah. out the window. Yeah. Well, it's funny how that happens when we have those waves of emotion, it does go out the window. And so I think that for you, there's, there's two pieces of this. One is the piece of giving yourself an injection. I know, I know you're not, have, not having trouble actually, you're doing it on a regular basis. That doesn't like you're skipping injections at all, but that fear that comes before, and then also the fear that comes afterwards while in that waiting period, while, you, while you're waiting. And, you know, I, I know I said this to you before, Rachel, but, you know, if, if you do, do the math, um, you've been living with diabetes and taking, act, taking long acting insulin, you said since 2013, is that right? 2014. Is it 14? All right. So we're looking at about eight years. Think about eight years times 365 days a year. You know, you t- you take in the shot thousands of times. And this has happened three. And I don't I don't want to dismiss the fact that the three times that this has happened, it's been extremely traumatic. But you know, I think that sometimes we we think about this, and I, I want to use a metaphor or an analogy here with you know, driving a car. You know, you can think about all the times you've driven a car. Um, over the past 10 years, I assume that you, you drive um, or have driven in a car if you don't drive. But then, you know, the one time where you get in an accident, whether it's a small accident or a big one, that's the one you remember. And then you say, well, I, I'm not safe driving in a car because because this happened. And, and, and I know that that makes sense to you and to me intellectually. It makes, oh, yeah, of course. But then when you're in that moment for you, um, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's like, well, <laughs> it, all, all logic goes out the window, and you're sitting there, try, you're sitting there, trapped in fear. So, um, I, I think that I think that's the conundrum that you're dealing with right now, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's trying try, trying to see how how do I um, how do I move past this? I talk to people with type one diabetes every day, and every day is clear to me that people with T one D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage the stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose, and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, 
Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. So one thing I want to ask you is, what would it be like for you or have you made a plan? I mean, it sounds like you have some plans that are trying to, um, you know, bring down your anxiety in that moment. So for example, having your partner help you, you know, drawing the circles around your injection sites, things like that. Um, But what about the plan to deal with the anxiety in the, in the moment? Because I think that sometimes what happens is we have this wave of emotion come over us and it feels consuming because we don't even know what to do with it. But I wonder if you, if you had a plan about what to do, what to, what to do to deal with it in the moment um, that you could actually just fall back on and no, just no decision-making necessary because the decisions have already been made, been made for you and by you beforehand to be able to put that plan into action when, when those things happen. So when I think this, when I feel this, this is what I do and develop that habit of, um, in the moment of, of, of being able to get yourself there. I'm, I'm wondering if, if that's something you've ever done before or if that's something that you might find helpful for you. I mean, there's things that I do that are pretty regular in terms of like I do kind of, even when I do see a bit of blood and I take that injection and it feels unsteady, that some sometimes I'm able to just say to myself, um, you know, just go and start making the dinner and like mm-hmm. if something happens, you'll, you'll handle it, you know? So I can yeah. sort of do that. Or like when I was flying and I was on the plane and I had to, it was just like, well, you know, you're on the plane now and you might as well just keep watching the movie and not worry about <laughs> it, you know? Like, yeah. so, so sort of a bit of self-talk is always useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, I do think having a plan and a plan of action, like that I'm going to, you know, watch a, it's sort of weird. It's like, I know I could just like put on a YouTube video for 15 minutes or I could listen to something for 15 minutes or I just keep, could keep going. And mm-hmm. and often I kind of start that way. Like I just mm-hmm. start doing something that's just relaxing and normal and whatever. And then if something feels a bit weird, it, it mm. just triggers the anxiety, even if it's not real. It just, right. It's sort of like, and I, I don't have this just around insulin. I mean, it'll be like something, if I just have a strange sensation in my body, this this anxiety gets triggered. So I think it's much deeper than just the fear of the injection. I think it's something to do with like just being a very sensitive, ner- having a very sensitive nervous system and being hypervigilant around what goes on in my nervous system. So I yeah. think plan to manage that is like more, even more beneficial than just Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen this going on before diabetes? Have you? Is this something that you have always identified with? Definitely. Yeah. I th- and I think that's important to re- for you to recognize because I think that what what happens, and certainly your your worry about insulin is illuminating it, but it's I, I think that you're probably right. It's not it's not the the main issue, and I think I mean, and maybe the main issue is that this is just that, that you tend to have more anxious feelings um, that than most people do. And 
and, and diabetes brings those out. So it's not that you're scared of diabetes. It's not that you're scared of low blood sugar, which I mean, you have, you have fear around it, but it's not, that's not the main, the core of it. The core of it is that you have anxious feelings or you have whatever types of feelings and diabetes is the thing that is illuminated in that moment. And so I, I think that recognition about yourself is helpful because it helps you to see that there may be some parts of this that um, can't be changed because it's just, it's part of just your personality. And while that's not always the most helpful or hopeful answer, um, it can be, a, it can, it can be normalizing in that process. Yeah. One thing that I think could be helpful for you is also seeing, I'm, I'm curious, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently with people is um, some folks have a fear of lows, of course, or fear of insulin or, you know, and, and are hyper anxious or ha- have more, or sorry, more sensitive to ang- anxiety, like you say you are. And a lot of that sometimes revolves around a fear or a discomfort around being scared. Um, and so you have a, f- you don't like to feel scared. I don't think anybody does. Um, but there are some folks, especially folks who are tend, tend to have um, more anxious personalities, tend to be f- fearful of being scared. And so they try to stay away from that fear. And then that shows up for them in um, these worries about low blood sugar specifically. And I'm, I'm curious, is that something that you can identify with at all? Or is that something that, that you don't feel I mean, that, that fits for you? I used to suffer from really severe panic. Attack. Okay. So, you know, the feeling, and you've said this a lot in your um, workshops and in the podcasts mm-hmm. and things that it, you know, the problem with low blood sugar is it mimics panic, the, the yeah. feeling in the body of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who I'm, I'm, I've recovered from, I, I would say I'm, I'm a recovering panic. Like I very rarely have panic attacks now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a totally different thing. But yeah, I really did not enjoy in my 20s and 30s and 40s having these panic attacks because they were so overwhelming. So I think because it feels so similar, Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense that I just really want to run away from that experience of having a panic attack. So just by doing that, then I have a start to have a panic attack. Well, (laughs) and and a sense of control if you say my fear is around my long acting insulin and you have evidence that, as to why that would be true. Um, it, it gives you a more of a sense of control because, you know, because if I, if I can stay away from that fear or if I can try to control this fear or not experience it, then it makes it, I'm not sure it makes it easier to deal with, but makes it more, um, more contained. And it's it, because you want to, that, that fear of fear is very real. And so you do what you can to stay away from that fear. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that fits into you, but I think that it's an important thing to think about for you and also for the folks listening that fear of fear, especially around low blood sugars, um, can be, can be a big challenge. Yeah. So, but I think, but the mindset, your, your mindset here and how you're catching the fear, the anxiety, the thoughts that come in your mind, I think is really the most important thing, because as we know, we can't always control or very rarely can we control the emotions, the thoughts um, that are swirling around in our mind. But what we can control is how we catch them and how we adjust our our sails and our sailboat to be able to um, use them 
either to our advantage or at least in a, in a way that's neutral for us and not not paralyzing for us. But I th- and I think that for you, really being a, one, the awareness that you have this tendency, um, and the awareness of uh, and some more and continue to think about you know why this is happening, what and where is the fear coming from, and what am I trying to avoid? I think is a really can be a really useful way to understand your mindset and then be able to reframe your mindset when it does happen. And then continuing to, um, as we talked about before, gain evidence about what is anxiety that is helpful for you in keeping you safe and what is anxiety that's not. And while you can't necessarily make the anxiety that's not helpful go away, you can use you can reframe your mindset with it to be able to see okay I've done my analysis I've done my due diligence and I see this as safe and so I'm going to do it even though it's it doesn't feel that way because feelings and reality of, of safety are oftentimes two very different things and only you can make the decision about what is safe and what's not for you um, I'm not going to tell you what what is safe and what's not for you but want to give you that insight and kind of give you that check. Because and then having people on your team to support you and to push you out of your comfort zone to see that you can do it. Because I know and I know that you've had this experience before with food and other other things, and you've been really successful in that process. And so continuing to gather that evidence, gather that information, I think is going to be the key to your success, Rachel. Yeah, and I think I did have a couple of test runs, like having to travel when I wasn't really expecting that, and then having to take right. my long excellent and long acting insulin on my son coming now and visiting me and then you know just having to take my shot and get on with things so i've seen that Mm -hmm. it's okay and that i'm safe and and you know and that i have everything handy if i need it and i can be less hyper focused on it and still so i have started to gather some evidence like that which is really great but i think yeah just um yeah just having that what you said about the you know like when it's happening and recognizing that um, what I'm actually afraid of is the fear of fear as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, just to really be sort of more sensitive to that, that I actually don't, it's all the uncomfortable sensations that come along with the feelings in the body that are more the issue than actually the issue itself. Because more often than not, I just, I, like I said, I have evidence that I've gotten through it and it's been three times now. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times way in the past when I didn't even know what it was, you know, like probably when I first started long acting, I had a couple of really scary lows, but I was just like, let me just drink the juice. I'll be fine. You know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't even have that sort of hypersensitivity around it. Um, So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Just having a little bit more of that awareness around what's really going on. I like to think about this. I remember when I was in high school. I had a I had several crushes on several girls, <laughs> and I remember wanting to ask them to a dance. Or I, I mean, not 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 the same dance, but ask ask different ones different dances at different times. And I remember being so paralyzed by going up to them or calling them, or even the thought of doing that. And looking back on that, I think I think there's some similarities here. Not that asking a girl to dance and taking insulin are the same thing by any means. But I remember thinking about what, what was I scared of? And I don't even think I was scared of rejection. I think what I was scared of is the feeling that I would get if I were rejected. 
So that that feeling of of embarrassment or that fe- the feeling of fear, or that feeling of shame or or um, yeah, I guess embarrassment. And so it was the the answer that I would get wasn't really the important thing. It was like it was the feeling that I would get based on the answer that I was so scared of. And so recognizing that now, I think I would t- hopefully take a very different approach if I were in that same that same situation. And I think that's something that we can learn from that um, around fear of insulin and fear of lows is that you know that you can handle it. I know that I can. Ha- I could have handled being rejected, or not, and I did handle being rejected. To be honest with you, but and, and so that confidence that I can handle it, even though what that feels like is not very much fun, is really important information. And so I don't ever, ever want you to be scared. I don't ever, ever want you to be in that position. But I can't say that with, with a straight face that you can live a fulfilling life without ever being scared. Um, but what I can say is that you can, you can be scared and you can handle it. And I think that that insight for you is really the mindset shift that you need to make in order to um, free yourself from the par- paralysis that you have been experiencing um, because of the worry about lows and the worry about insulin and all of those things combined together. Sounds good. I'm going to, I'm so, going to try that. <laughs> I know. And, and, and again, set yourself up for success here and don't don't expect you to just make changes all at once to your mindset and the way you feel and the way you're behaving. But it's a continual gaining of insight and then making gradual shifts um, where I think you're going to see the best success. And also ask for feedback from other people, from your husband, from your son, from other people around you about how you're doing. Because I think oftentimes in these situations, we're not aware of, of how well we're doing or how poorly we're doing. Um, but getting feedback and insight from other people who can see us from the outside, I think will be really the most valuable part of the process of uh, tracking your success or and your progress in this process. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Rachel. Well, it sounds like you have a good plan of action moving forward here. And um, I hope this has been helpful for you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and I, I hope you could take these, these actions and put them into practice in your life with type 1 diabetes. I will. Thank you. Awesome. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use today to implement some of the skills you learned in today's episode into your life with type 1 diabetes. Your plan of action for today is look at the negative things in your life with type 1 diabetes in perspective. It's natural for us to take one challenging incident and then tell ourselves that that incident is going to happen all the time. So if you've had a severe low or you've been in decay, remember that incident. Also, remember all the other times in your life with type 1 diabetes where things were just fine. And the thing is, you don't remember those parts. So remember them. Remind yourself. The parts of type 1 diabetes that stand out in your mind are not reflective of your everyday experience. And when you do that, you empower yourself to be able to move forward without fear and be able to trust yourself that you can take care of yourself. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat, so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.